So we have a lot of children in this episode. This was a great episode. I don't know why you would say that. Well, because I've finally given up. That's probably smart. Yeah. One of the uh, little trivia facts in this episode is that this is the first appearance of the actress who plays Molly. Molly was born at the beginning of last season, so it's been approximately a year. And it seems that Molly has aged uh, two to three years in that time. Well, it's like Alexander is apparently we can't tell how old he is. Yeah, so it's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I think that Molly is a great character, and I think that the episode really should have been about her struggles dealing with the fact that her mother is now 12 years old. You know, it's it, this is just horrible. Yeah, this is not good. And this episode is, is, is frankly so bad that I don't understand how they could have thought that this was a good idea at all. So I'm going to say, I have, I've actually seen the scene where baby Guinan and baby uh, Roe are jumping on the bed. Now, come on, they're not babies. Well, Let, let's not, because there's that scene with Miles O'Brien and Keiko, which is frankly inc- inc- incredibly creepy. And I think Miles O'Brien realizes that it's creepy to his credit. Uh, but I don't want to make it any creepier than it already is by saying that they're babies. They're not babies. Well, the point is baby Guinan and baby Roe are jumping on the bed. And see... All this time, I thought this was some traumatic memory that I had that I was just somehow filtering into Star Trek, but this episode actually exists, and I wish it had just been a horrible figment of my imagination. This was – both of these episodes this week, I don't think anybody needed to see. They were both completely uninteresting. We had a holodeck episode and a fucking Ferengi episode. It's well, like insult to injury. This is a Ferengi episode. Well, where to, where to begin? Because there, there are so many things that are wrong with this episode. Uh, 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 frankly, the fact that they hinged an entire episode on turning. Now, now number one, I, I would like to, to say right off the bat, let's discuss how they decided which characters would become children because the combination of Captain Picard, Guinan, Ensign Rowe, and Keiko O'Brien, who I think has been in the show twice in the six years that it's been on. What? I, I mean, like, sure, the captain is, that's a given, fine. But yeah, I feel like everybody else just, like, drew straws or, like, I, I, some people, like, refused to do it, you know? I, I well, I mean, because it frankly, it seems to me like they 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 found actors who I mean, let's let's be frank here. This episode, I will I will say that this episode could have worked. Yeah, there are ways to make this kind of episode work. the The number one problem with Rascals is the acting of the children is atrocious. And and we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, kid we, actors. You know, kid actors. Alexander is not great. We'll oh, and we get about, to see we'll, him. We'll, we'll, we'll Yay. get to see him later. And and child acting has become much much better since this era of television. You know, it, 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 I just they're bad. They're just bad. Their line readings are, are 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 just wooden and stilted. They have no conception of timing. You can tell they're trying to do impressions of the adult actors but not really doing what I will say like physically they all looked pretty good, especially Roe I thought was looked like Roe, no? The, I don't have HD, remember? Physically they looked good. You're talking about children. No, 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 no. I mean, they look like children versions of the adults. I understand. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was a poor choice of phrasing. Well, I'm 
sorry, this episode just knocked the English right out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they looked fine. Yeah, yeah, they, they like, looked. Like I mean, who it they seemed were. like they took more of a visual than rather than can they act thing, maybe for it. That's a bad decision. I well, mean, I don't. I don't think that they did that. I think that these are the best child actors that they could get to look like yeah, adult yeah. versions of you know child actor you know child versions of these these characters. I guess part of it is who cares at the end of the day in this episode. Well, what, right. They just really change their physical. Like it's not like they lose any of their skulls. It's not like they actually deal with this. They edge on this concept of a second childhood a little bit, but not enough to actually justify making a whole episode about it really at the end of the day all they are is slightly physically weaker but able to pass a little more undetected because the ferengi just happen to think the children aren't you know a thing it doesn't seem well it's it's a gimmick episode yeah. where the gimmick is not interesting yes and, and they don't fig- figure out a way to make the gimmick interesting well, I think that's true, and I, you know, I mean, it's a hard episode to talk about because it's just it, it misfires in so many ways that it, it's difficult to get into. I think you know, you number one, you have the Ferengi, who at this point have become they've become character, you know, comic relief. They they are not a threat in any sense of the word, and now you have seven Ferengi or however many there were in this episode incapacitating the enterprise in Inca- about 30 seconds incapacitating a mining planet it did because remember they have right they took this is not they didn't just take care of the enterprise they did a lot of work they have a bunch of people mining a slave labor right so so they've become a, a huge threat suddenly for no apparent reason and then they're able to take over the enterprise in about a minute which is frankly unbelievable it it makes the main characters appear to be incompetent, and it makes Starfleet to look like they're incompetent. I mean, frankly, okay, they're marching people onto the transporter to beam them down to the planet for slave labor, and there's, like, one Ferengi with a phaser. Now, I'm sorry, there's a debate about whether or not Starfleet is a military organization or not. But I would consider that when you have 10 people being marched into a transporter yeah. by one Ferengi, someone's going to try something. Whether it's a military organization or not, it's very clear that there are many people on the on staff who are formally trained in self-defense and many people who just learn self-defense just as a thing because it's a good idea. Right. And yeah, so you – yeah, you, you, it, it, they got hijacked a little too easily. How does if, the, if the Ferengi can do it, why aren't why isn't the Enterprise being hijacked every fifteen seconds by the Romulans? Why right. is it, you know what I mean? Like, and you could say, sure, they got lucky. Maybe they got lucky. I don't know. The episode doesn't sell it. You know, the episode yeah. is a series of plot points that get less and less believable as the episode goes on. You know, look at look at Worf. You know, Worf fires at one of the Ferengi, and and the Ferengi ducks. What? And then, for, you know, Worf is shot. That that makes no sense, especially considering that in the next episode he's shooting a gun out of someone's hand. Um, now, they have to incapacitate Worf in some way because, of course, Worf would go over and just rip the Frankie's head off if he was still conscious. Um, yeah, but I just want him to do that, and then that way they get to the interesting parts of the episode for once. 
What were the interesting parts? There were no interesting parts. Well, you parts. know, because they had it all of this Ferengi crap. If Worf just knocked their heads together and were like, all right, let's, you know, Picard, let's talk about your childhood. At least that would be something, Some, you know. But what is But what is the point of any I know. of this? I mean, That's, like you said, there is no point to any of this. The characters are not dealing. You have Rowan Guinan who are sort of dealing with this. Well, you never really had a childhood. And you have you have. You know, Crusher and Picard, which is a little bit saying like, oh, well, you can actually take this time off and you'll still be a, you know, you, you know, this is something that people and it's true, by the way, at the end of this episode, I'm left thinking everybody in the fucking galaxy is going to do this thing because this is there would be a ton of people who would want to have a second childhood. I don't know. The episode doesn't deal with its own implications at all because it's a very poorly thought out episode. Well, yeah, I agree with you. It's very poorly thought out and I, I i think you know the guinan and ensign rose stuff i think is the closest the episode gets to some sort of theme right because if you're going to be turning people into children mm-hmm. and you're going to keep their mental faculties intact you know okay there's a lot of there's a lot of things to unpack there there's a lot of things that you could do with that you could make an episode about how people don't view children as people yeah you could make an episode about how appearances don't matter you could make an episode about uh, people dealing with getting older like Picard and suddenly having a new lease on life. You could deal with people having this childish spirit about them that they can, you know, an inner child and adulthood thing, which Guinan is kind of doing that, but again, half-assedly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's so many things here, which are just so poorly thought out that, there's really no way that I think this episode could have worked. I mean, again, all but all of that stuff would would really require child actors that were were good, and that would be able to. Because frankly, part of the problem with the episode is that um, they're not acting as the adults are. They're sort of doing impersonations of them and, yeah. and, and bad impersonations. I mean, the 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 actress who's playing the child Guinan is. I guess just slowing down all of her words and sort of like looking off into the middle distance. Uh, <laughs> Picard is always trying to say his make it so and number one in ways that like he's expecting the pause for the catchphrase like like that's going to convey it. And they do. I liked that, actually, because I think that someone would probably do that. Oh, yeah. You know? but, and I like how, how they're term- all making a point of calling him sir. But in terms of, again, it's how he sells it. It didn't feel like he was saying it naturally. Again, it seems like an impression, like he's building yeah. out the catchphrase. He knowing it's a catchphrase rather than a natural saying. And I think that that's, that, that highlights another yeah. problem with the episode, though, is that the, the, the actor who plays the child, Picard, is, is the best actor. Hmm. You know, I I mean, he certainly is a damn sight better than the actress who's playing Keiko O'Brien, <laughs> who is just I don't even know what she's doing. And you know, he's 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 able to get across some of the gravitas of Captain Picard at least a little bit. I I, I don't necessarily believe that he is Captain Picard, but you know, he tries, and you know, obviously he he takes some of his mannerisms. Um, you know, pulling his tunic down and things yeah, like that yeah. to make it seem like he's 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 oh you know he's he's Picard, which is fine. But but at the end of the day, again, there's there's really nothing there. There's nothing they're saying. I have never gotten the impression that Captain Picard feels like he needs a second chance. Yeah. This comes out of nowhere, and and Captain Picard is someone who is very very satisfied with his life. So I'm not sure why he would even yeah. Entertain that theme this. doesn't pick up on him if he's he's almost in. 
I could see him being more annoyed and insulted at the – he wouldn't see it as, you know, 10, 15 years in which you're given essentially a – you know, she says sabbatical. Yes, he could spend the next 10, 15 years doing archaeology to his heart's content and, you know, the, but – I can see him being annoyed. He's annoyed at that. That's he, that he would see that as putting his life on hold, because yeah. Well, I mean, he he yeah, says that as yeah, much, and, I think. But and I guess we're falling into the same trap because I think that I'm having trouble, you know, really buying that this is Captain Picard because, of course, this is all Captain Picard saying this stuff. And so, yeah, if you if you kind of mentally sub out the child actor and put you know Patrick Stewart in his place, all of the dialogue still works, and I think it makes sense. But and it was probably written with, you know, Patrick Stewart in mind. Let's face it. Well, I mean, they yeah. all do sound like themselves, at least. I mean, you know, I think Ronald Moore wrote this episode, and um, mm-hmm. from what I read on Memory Alpha, he did not want to, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, good instincts on his part. But he has a he has a feel for these characters, and he has a feel for how yeah. they talk, and and they do sound like themselves. You know, does Keiko O'Brien sound like Keiko O'Brien? Does Ensign sound like Ensign I don't know. We don't. We haven't seen more them that much. enough. It's enough given that we know little enough about the character. Right. And so the episode's trying to do something thematic with these characters, but it's just hollow because we've never seen any of this stuff before. Um, And I guess the other problem I have with it is I think the episode starts to forget that these are supposed to be the adults as well. You, You have Captain Picard in the classroom once the Ferengi happen, and... He sends Alexander on a really dangerous mission. I, I don't on several really dangerous missions. Like it's, it, and it's played for comedy because it's the Ferengi, but I don't buy that Captain Picard would would do that. It, the whole Ferengi occupation and the fact—I mean, this is almost like talking about child child actors. This reminds me a little of like a Home Alone style thing in a way. Like they're doing wacky tricks to get the Ferengi, you know, so they could sneak and steal the phasers, like. That's the level of suspense that this episode has when – which would be fine except for the fact that the actual Enterprise has been taken over by – you know what I mean? Like that's right. like – it's like we can accept that, you know, Joe Pesci and what's his name in Home Alone, ha- you know, are doing a siege on a 12 year because, OK, it's all cartoonish. This is like if you have an episode where they've robbed a bank and have people at gunpoint, you know, and it's those same characters. Right. And then you have a bunch of kids saving the day. That's what this episode is. And tonally, yeah, it's it's a goddamn mess. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't start off as being funny. It starts off as being kind of serious. Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, for a couple of minutes, the Ferengi are okay villains given that they're, you know, they do take over and they're all, oh, we have slave labor. And that's 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 bad. That's a successfully bad thing. <laughs> Fine. All right, cool. You did something bad and horrible. And right. how many Ferengi are down there, you know, keeping those scientists in line and all? But then again, Alexander and his little race car saved the day. Right, right. And I and I think that that's my, one of my main problems with it is that the episode either forgets that they're the adults or that Alexander is not an adult. You know, because it's well, just... nobody knows how old Alexander is supposed to be. I mean, he could be like twenty-five at this point mentally. I don't know how old is he. You keep saying he's two, but he's not two. I mean, I I don't know. I think Klingons just age faster than yeah. than, than people. Well, so yeah, so maybe he has like he's like a college level person now. That could be. That could be. The other thing that I don't 
appreciate about the episode is, and I touched on this earlier, is um, O'Brien and Keiko. I, I just, I mean, there's a degree to which that scene is deeply creepy, and it's a creepy scene. But I don't think that's. It's like it edges up against what the implications of that would be, but it doesn't want to fully deal with them. Again, it is a. It's a weird thing to suddenly have your wife and the mother of your child have the body of 12 years. That would be deeply disturbing to everybody. That would be a problem. Yeah, of course O'Brien is going to be extremely uncomfortable. Of course Keiko is going to be extremely hurt and confused and upset because, you know, she she sees no difference. You know, he's changed, not changed. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. And how she feels rejected by her kid. Like, that's all a sad thing, but the episode doesn't... This episode can't tell if it's a tragic or a scary or a light comedy episode. And so I think it tries to play that scene for laughs when it's actually a very disturbing and heartbreaking scene. I think you're right. And it, and, and it does make me wonder, you know, obviously the, the, the obvious answer is, well, she's going to get older again. Yeah, so but just in, wait a few years. Yeah, but in 10 years, I mean, what are you going to do for the next like 10 years are 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 they still going to live together? Sure, why not? Okay, so he's going to basically be seeing her growing up, you know, physically from a 12-year-old to a 22 one meanwhile then he's going to be in his 60s let's well, say. Well, his 60s. How his old 50s? do you think O'Brien is? I don't know. How old is he? 34? I mean, he's Irish so he doesn't look great, That's but I, true. I think he's supposed to be in his 30s. But the point is, you know, he's going to be he's always going to be much physically older than she is if she's Well, okay, fine if you spell it out and you make it a logical progression. Of course it sounds like it's a crazy idea, but I think that if <laughs> if you give this the thought that the episode gives it, then it's going to work out I fine. Say, I mean, so, so you're going to tell me, okay, so the next 10 years, they are going to be man and wife, but because of the physical differences, they can't have sex with each other? Like, that is that going to have put any problems to their relationship? I mean, I don't think that O'Brien would be attracted to her. Exactly. So that's not going to be a strain going for 10 years with that hanging over the head and the fact that, you know, again, he is still viewing her physically as a child. She's not going to be happy about that. Look, the, the entire episode is just yeah. A mess. I mean, it's exactly. Just a mess. It's it's a again. The, the, they think it's ha ha funny. You know, she's holding on to him and he's creeped out. Ha ha. Again, there are ways to make this work. You know, if you want to make this an entirely comedic episode, make it an entirely comedic episode. But like you said, it goes from uh, tragedy to 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 being some sort of horror thing to frankly trying to be a comedy, and none of it works. The it shifts tones about I don't know what three or four times in the forty five minute running time. And none of them work. None of them stick. There's, there's just. This is probably the best version of the episode that we could have gotten in 1992. But that's not to say that they should have made it. Which I mean, again, we we've talked about filler. This is very much a week where you could tell everyone's kind of like, we have to do this fucking thing. Let's just. It's it's a paycheck. It's this week's work. We're gonna do this, and we'll do a better one next week. Yeah. Well, they had Alexander's actor on set all that week, so they decided to film two Alexander episodes. In yeah, a they had to kind of get him in there and yeah, know, use him appropriately as much as they possibly could. Hmm. Um, so, I would like to read an article about why child acting has gotten so much better because it's weird. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, has it gotten better? It has. Or are it's we gotten, just... It's gotten a lot I'm... better. I, I I feel like you don't, that's the you case don't, too, but you don't see this level of terrible child acting anymore. Yeah, I don't know why that is. It just became unacceptable. I mean, the no. I mean, why why would it? 
it, it, there, 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 something had to have happened. I don't know what. We have more of the celebrity culture now, and therefore more people want to become celebrities. And I don't want think so. To, I, don't, I don't know. No. It's all you know. It's all acting technique and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, mean, I, I think it's just an industry growing around it. And the answer the is probably something that neither one of us know because we have no real conception of what it's like to be We're an actor. We're just spitballing. No, but I it is, no, I it figured is like enough I people. About. I think it might be as simple as enough people see shitty child actors and say, okay, well, we're gonna make. You know, more schools for child actor kind of things, you know, maybe, and, yeah. And then so more people take, and then therefore the general level of talent increases, and these level of this level of shitty child acting just gets filtered out because, you know, people have taken lessons. That could be. That could be. I guess the last thing to talk about before we go to a fistful of datas, <laughs> even though I don't really want to, is <laughs> Guinan and Ensign Rowe develop some sort of strange friendship. And again, I think that they could have made it work. The The issue with yeah. it really is that the episode, again, seems to vacillate between thinking that these are children and thinking that these are adults in children's bodies. And I, I don't, you know, okay, Guinan is a loose cannon. And Guinan is a free spirit. You know, Guinan's going to want to run around and jump on beds and, you know, oh, I'm trying But she doesn't even do anything that crazy. She skips a little bit. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I just, you know, that's, that's all makes sense, I guess. Ensign Rowe gets to be in st- a stick in the mud and then, you know, Guinan brings her out of her shell. But I, I just, I, I don't, I don't buy that. Why would Ensign Rowe be interested in coloring just because she's in a child's body? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just stuff like that. I which, could picture her in the holodeck doing like a running and jumping and like playing around and like that kind of a thing. That I would, mean, yeah, sure. You you have you have a, a, a younger body that ostensibly doesn't have any aches and pains. You know, children have a lot of energy. Like the, all of that stuff yeah. is true. And, you know, children do skip and children do run around just because they have a lot of energy. I mean, that's easy enough. You have got, you know. Adult Roe, you know, while she is very, very much a, a fit character, and she, I think we've seen her do exercise-y, combat-y things before, like, she would be doing those things very regimentedly, you know? She has an exercise routine. She has her right. callus. She has her martial arts lessons, you know? She does that. And I think it would be make more sense if her she was, you know, towards the end, doing some more kind of unstructured play, you know? Again, running through a politic forest or, right. you know— Playing in a jungle gym or something like that. Like, that would that would be a much more of an arc for her in this episode. Again, learning to do something for its own enjoyment. And, you know, the joy of childhood is not that, you know, her childhood, she grew up in a refugee camp. Everything was very, you know, she got what she could. She didn't have much excess. There weren't much times where she could just run and enjoy herself. And here is a moment where she's free to do that. What she ends up doing, which is jumping on the bed a little and coloring, doesn't seem enough you know oh i'm with you and i think that that what it's making me think is is really that the episode just could not decide on a plot yeah and and so what you get is is just a mess Mm -hmm. i do like that guinan and rose sort of do have a continuing relationship because i do remember rose first appearance i really do like that scene when you know who was it saying to you know guinan oh you know you shouldn't talk to her he says oh that's exactly the person i want to meet i like i like the idea that they've kept up a if not the warmest and closest of friendship, there is an understanding between the two of them. Yeah, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But on the whole, I just feel like the episode is very, very underdeveloped and underbaked. Well, I will give it two. I will give it 
three because I liked the scene when Riker was teaching the Ferengi the computer. That was funny. That was a that was that was probably the best scene in the episode because it was a quick moment. It was funny in the end. And I I did like the scene. I did laugh when Child Picard and Riker in the conference. Oh yeah, he's my number one dad. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. There are a couple moments that work in the episode, but overall, yeah, 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 not something I'm going to be watching a lot. But a broken clock is right twice a day, unless you're on a 24 hour clock, in which case it's only right once a day. No, but they they really just only have 12 degrees and put two numbers on them. Yeah, okay. Let's move on to a fistful of datas. Well, that's the show for this week. We'll see you next time, folks. If you want to tweet at us, our uh... they haven't done a holodeck episode in a while. I know it's they were doing a... so well. It's been a, at least a couple of years, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I can't really remember. I mean, Hollow Pursuits was kind of one, but not really with the first appearance of Barkley. Yeah, but they've been they've been using the holodeck fairly intelligently. Again, it's been you know scenes like in Sisms where they're using the holodeck for very you know very good effect. You know, they're using it for moments for scenes. The prototypical holodeck, you know, oh, no, the holodeck's gone awry and it's going to kill us. They haven't done that because that's stupid. And this is that exact episode. Right. This I think you said this was kind of the prototypical holodeck episode. Pretty you know? much. Yeah. yeah. I, I will. Um, I, I'm getting the impression that, that you were not a fan of this episode. I wanted to die. <laughs> I will. I will defend this episode a little bit. I will say that I, I don't think it's that bad. I. I. I liked Troy in it. I like Troy in it. I think that 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 Worf is kind of cool. I like the all of the all of the sort of holodeck Wild West stuff. If you have any kind of affinity or tolerance for it, is well done. Oh yeah, I mean that it was fun in, enough in that it's a you know slightly tongue in cheek Wild West plot. You you can tell that everyone making it had a lot of fun making it. It has really good production values. Oh yeah. I just wish that they would have figured out a way to make it less creepy at the end. Because the the issue with the episode is really not War for Alexander, although Alexander is tedious as always, but, you know, he's fine. Um, The episode really is not about that, though. The episode is really about finding opportunities for Brent Brent Spiner to ham it up again. And And I just, again, every time he does it, I'm not a fan. I think that's where the episode lost me because it was fine enough. But, and hell, even when you have him playing the villain of the piece, he was fine as that. I thought he was fine as the villain. Okay. But then, oh, and he's this guy. Oh, and he's that guy. Oh, and he's the lady at the end. (laughs) Well, the the lady at the end, I think if, if they had, if they had shown any, any restraint at all and had dropped that, I think it would have made the episode a lot better. I think that that ending scene right there, like drops the episode in my eyes so much. It's just, it's completely tonally off. It makes, it's very much here's a here's Brent Spiner in a dress. Isn't that funny? Which, right, right. Which I mean, it might as well be Joe Piscopo. I just yeah, and 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 also just having data, the real data, not not the holodeck datas, talking like an old West person. What? Why? You know? Yeah, there was just it was another episode with no stakes. Let's face it. I mean, even though the holodeck safeties were off and they could all die at any moment. Yeah, I. I've never been worried about the holodeck actually killing anybody. 
I mean, I'm sure it's not. happened at some point. I'm sure it has, but, you know, I, I guess in this episode, I was not actually seriously worried. As much as you tell me how much the holodeck can actually kill them, I don't actually believe that. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, Worf did get shot, so that's something. Yeah, and look how badly he got from that. I, I, did it affect him at all? Well, he's a Klingon, so why yeah. would it? I think the issue really with the episode is that it's it's very well constructed and it's very well put together, but in the service of what? What what is the what is the the hook of the story? What what is the purpose? It's to, if it, I if if the purpose is to have uh, Worf, Alexander, and Troy on a holodeck adventure, I think it's fine. I think they found yeah they found a trunk full of Wild West costumes and said, hey, this would be really fun to see Michael Dorn in a, in, a, in a cowboy outfit. Hey, let's write an episode like that. That that's the point of this. You know, and I a- and I do think that it 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 goes a long way towards repairing some of the damage in the Worf Alexander relationship because yeah. I think it shows Worf at least he's he's learned how to be a better father a little bit. He has learned how to talk to his son a little bit. They're bonding a little bit in this episode. He's obviously yeah. worried about Alexander when Alexander is kidnapped. And and that's all fine. And I think that you know, maybe they should have played that up more. I think that what what yeah, I what I'm we start the episode with Worf essentially begging for extra duty in order to get out of doing this and they never really do anything with that you know that's you know at the i would like it it it, i like the fact that there was an implied arc in wharf yeah as to he starts off dreading this and by the end he's having fun and he you know wants to do it again so you know next time he has he's off he'll you know they'll do it again sometime with the safeties on but i guess i don't see that really happening as much of an arc in him as the episode could have done Right, and I think that you know what what that what, what that's really making me realize is that there's an issue with the show now, and and the issue really is that if you think about the episodes that we've covered so far in the sixth season, which you know, Times Hour Part Two, yeah. Realm of Fear, um, I'm thinking about uh, schisms, I'm thinking about uh, even you know, um, um, uh, 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 relics to a degree, and 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 what we just talked about, and and if it's full of data, is I think that that what you're starting to get is a show that is relying much more on gimmicks. And yeah. I don't think that that's a good sign for the show going forward. I can see a version of, of A Fistful of Datas happening in the third or fourth season, which would have been about that thing, which would have been a character study about Worf dealing with becoming a father. Yeah. And instead, what we get is a show which is really enamored of the idea of Data pl- it, playing all of these different characters. Here's the thing. The, the episode – yeah, the episode would have worked if – the framing tale is this Wild West adventure, but the real story is their relationship. Here, the real story is the Wild West adventure, and their relationship is the frame for it. Exactly. And I didn't go to this show to see Wild West adventures. I came to it for space and to see these characters that over the past five and a half seasons I've come to really you know, appreciate and love. And I am invested – to a degree, I am invested in the fact that I want to see Worf and his son – get a better relationship and figure out how to deal. And I want to see the version of Worf that is kinder to his son and uses that as his strength, you know, and all of that right. stuff. This episode doesn't think I care about it. It thinks that I'm really wondering about, oh, how are they going to get out of this one, you know? Oh, how are they going to save Alexander from the virus or whatever, you know? It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. And and and, and This the- is an episode, this episode knows that 
it's not going to have any lasting scars for anybody at the end of the episode. So, again, I'm not worried about anybody ever really getting killed in the holodeck. I agree with you. And I think that that's, you know, when you make that the point of the episode or when you hinge the entire episode on that, even though you know that Worf or Troy or Alexander are not going to die, that is a problem. And I don't think that the show would have fallen into that trap a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, what what I'm finding is that the show really found itself when Michael Pillar came on board and said, no, this is going to be about characters. And yeah. we are going to make episodes that, yeah, we're going to have a plot, but it's really going to be about the characters, their growth, how they're going to get out of this. We learn something about them. And all of the characters had – well, most of the characters. I'm not going to say all the characters because I don't think that Troy ever really got that kind of treatment very well. Um, but certainly Wesley did. I think yeah. certainly Riker did. I think Worf did. Uh, Jordy to a degree. Data, of course, did. Um, Picard, even. You know, he's he's a little bit of a different character, of course, because he is the captain and he has to be a little more standoffish than everybody else. Yeah, but, you know, Picard even had, like, family and the whole best of both worlds thing. So, I mean, even if they've kept him a little aloof because that, frankly, is his character to be a little aloof. We know him very well, too. Yeah, and so so what it's what it's making me realize is that, you know, part of the problem why the show, I think, is faltering a little bit now is that they have uh, developed and resolved a lot of the sort of uh, character stuff that they had developed in the past couple of years, and now we're left with things at loose ends. You know, uh, Worf's discommendation, the whole Klingon arc is yeah. pretty much over. We haven't seen the Klingons in, in, in over a, 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 a season. Uh, Riker really hasn't had much to do. Jordy hasn't had much to do. Data's, uh, you know, exploration of humanity is, is kind of at a standstill. And they haven't developed any other character beats for these characters. And so what you're yeah. getting is they're relying a lot more on gimmicks to get us through these episodes. And they're not that interesting anymore. What I found interesting about this episode was that it is a little more aware of, like there are a few more continuity things in this than there were, like we see Picard playing the flute again. Um, we hear Felix Catus again. Um, this this is this episode is aware of some of the smaller proclivities of some of these characters in a way which I again liked and appreciated, but that almost feels a contradiction again, given that this episode is not really interested in giving them any real resonance or anything. I mean, it basically has Picard playing the flute, meaning Picard is playing the flute rather than. You know, and we know what that's a reminder of, but right. the episode isn't doing anything particularly deep or interesting with that. Yeah, it's it's all very on the surface. And yeah. I think that's that's a large part of the problem now is that everything is on the surface. And it's all sort of, you know, we get a lot of callbacks, uh, you know, the, the, again, Data's poetry, the flute, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all very hollow because we know what it means, but they're not really doing anything about yeah. it. And they're not doing anything to make the characters feel like the characters that we have known. Yeah, it's very poignant that Picard still practices the flute and that he's using his time off to do that. But we wouldn't know that from this episode. And I, you know, and, and, and I want to defend it a little bit. I don't think that it's necessarily uh, a problem that the episode doesn't no. telegraph. This is the flute from the inner life. No, 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 but, I know. But, you know, and I think that the show is still able to do subtle character work, but... They 
I guess the point of that scene is not so much that he's playing the flute from the inner light and that he's still playing it. It's, it's that he's being interrupted. Yeah. And it's all kind of fun and fine and everything. And I guess adding the flute there just kind of makes it have a little bit more resonance yeah, for yeah, people yeah, that yeah. have followed the show. But at the end of the day, again, there's so much here that they could have done better. I mean, again, another callback is is Crusher putting on a play. You know, yeah. something we saw in the first appearance of Barkley. So there is stuff in here. It's and, some... and but, but at the end of the day, they're not doing anything. Well, here's the it. thing. I'm more interested in the fact that Crusher has always again she's she's the dancing doctor she has this she has a flair for the theatrical she is you could tell that she would have if she hadn't been a doctor probably have gone into into the performing arts you yeah know? that's a nice character note you know i'm more interested in that than i am in you know the problems of this virtual town i'm more interested in the fact that picard is using his downtime to you know practice this flute that he had from this you know virtual relationship than i am in you know, well, how are they going to get the Alexander back? You know, the the episode thinks that I'm interested in the plot when I've never really been interested in that at all. Right. And I think there's a way to do that. I think yeah. that you can have an episode which is really interested in the plot. But we had episodes which were interested in the plot, which where the plot was good enough and the plot was interesting enough. And we were invested enough in these characters making it through. Um, I mean, because just as I know... You know, no one's really going to get hurt in a holodeck episode. I mean, it's a cousin to me knowing that no one's going to get killed at the by the end of the Star Trek episode. Right. You know, everything's going to be fine. And yet, I don't know. The characters don't ever feel really in danger. I'm not worrying for Worf. I am. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're not going to kill Worf. You know, they can say the safeties are off all they want. They're not yeah. going to kill Worf. And so that, it, 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 it you know. Yeah, well, well. Well, let, let's talk about the uh, time where they sort of did kill Worf, you know, when he was paralyzed and all of that. I right. Mean, you and I know they're not really going to kill Worf, and yet that episode, I was very worried for him. Well, there's a way to do it, and I think that, that you know, we you know we, we haven't talked about stakes in a while, and this episode certainly doesn't have any. But I think that what, what they try and do by turning off the safeties and all this kind of stuff is, is create stakes, and we, we can see that they're artificial. I mean, they're very literally artificial. Well, you have to – I mean, you have to do that for a holodeck episode because the second anything weird's going on, they're going to say, computer, stop, program, you know. And, hey, that's the end. All right, we'll get Jordy to look at this. The end. I mean, right. that, that would end the holodeck episode in 10 seconds. Right. But. Yeah, that's true. And I, 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 you know. But it's, it's. I mean, let, let's put it this way. There's plenty of times where, all right, they're stuck on this planet because of ions in the atmosphere. And they can't teleport them out. Like, every so often they need a reason that they're keeping these characters in this thing. But they usually don't feel as transparently bullshit as this. Right. And, you know, I don't know if it's more transparently bullshit or if we're just becoming more attuned to it. Do you know what I mean? We've also been, again, we've been dealing with five and a half seasons of this show and we've seen some of the best episodes. And I think we know some very good ones are also still going to happen. Not as many, but... um, I'm making a face. Yeah. (laughs) No, there there are still some But you you know what I mean? Like... I think we know enough to safely say that no matter what, this is kind of a crappy episode. You know, if I'm going to show somebody a Star Trek episode, face Fistful of Datas is not that episode. Right. So, you know, frankly, I think this is a safe episode to pile on in a lot of ways. I doubt this is a 
fan favorite episode. I don't think so. And I, I you know, I, I think that the other issue with the episode is 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 also that it, it it presumes an interest in the Wild West, which I don't really have. And so I don't, you know, I, I have a, you know, everybody has a couple of like uh, plots yeah. or a couple of sort of tropes that they don't like. And one of them for me is, is the old West. I yeah. just, I don't find it interesting. And you so, know, meanwhile, when I'm watch, I, I watched, I found it fun enough. You know, I, I have that vaguely, Oh, you know, it's funny to see, you know, Star Trek going through the tropes, but yeah, for the most part, I'm not a Western fan. Right. So there's that too. And, and so they don't do much with it. That's interesting. Now I will say that I, I like Troy in the episode. I don't want to give her a short trip. She doesn't have a lot to do, uh, but, 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 but it's at least it's not dependent on her having a vagina. I was worried that they were going to make her, you know, and, and the fact that she's being, you know, the Clint Eastwood mysterious stranger is funny, you know, and it's nice. And what did she call herself? Durango? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, here's and you know, she said, "Oh, my father used to always you know read rested stories, and I always wanted to be that. like that." These are character notes to her. Yeah. That, again, that's what I'm really interested in. I'm find it fascinating that whenever you know Troy has imagined the Wild West setting, you know, this is the role that she's imagined. You know, not in a you know crazy old Wild. You know that she's not a bar. Right, right. You know, she's not Miss Annie. You know, that's kind of where I thought they would take her in this. And I think that there's there's also something else in this. You know, that happens later. Um, in, in I think the seventh season, um, that that could have been set up in this episode, which I don't really think that they do. I don't want to say what it is, but you know, so there's also that as well, which there's some foreknowledge I have, which is kind of like, oh, this would have been a really good way to sort of set that up, and mm. they don't do it. So there's that as well, I think. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I don't think it's a great episode, and I certainly don't think that it's one of the show's best. Well, but here's 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 the big question of. Our trek about episode today. Yes, was it better than Rascals? And the answer is duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it just, there's not much that's worse than Rascals. <laughs> like it's 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 a profoundly stupid episode. Because yeah, again, at, at, as you said, yeah, the production values. At least if I'm watching this episode, even if I didn't like it, it looked cool. It looked. It's always yeah. it's always fine to see the cast members in different outfits you know and they always look fun you know like you know even in times arrow everyone looked awesome you know and sure old yeah school absolutely outfit. everyone looks funny and cool you know i liked how Brent spiner looked in the man and you know evil you know guy outfit he looked funny you know he now here cool. here's my final uh question or or, or point uh, about Brent spiner is i was not expecting him to have uh, such hairy arms I didn't know if those were real or it was part of the costume. Why would they give him fake arm hair? I don't know, but I, why would... Listen, if we're going to start to question things about Star Trek Season 6, I don't think I don't think fake arm hair is like the first problem that we've had. Seems like a poor use of the makeup artist's well, time. You know, I, 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 did, I don't know. I'm I'm just saying. I, I don't think that that would have been cost effective. Well, well, it seems like a poor use of Dr. Sung's time to put arm that much arm hair on him. It does. Yeah, it, it does. I don't know. Maybe Dr. Sung had a thing for arm hair. You know something? I know a lot of guys who do, and that's all right. That's fine. It's, you know, guy mowing the lawn with arm hair. Um, I guess the last thing I should mention about this, which you probably didn't notice, is that this was directed by Patrick Stewart. Was it? Yeah. I don't know that there's much to say about it, but I find it interesting. 
I think he did a great job. That reminds me. I thought, yeah, whenever it's a Jonathan Frakes episode, it's going to be probably a good one. When it's a Patrick Stewart episode, not so much. Yeah, he directed one before, right? I don't yeah, I don't remember one. which one. It was fine. Um, the previous ep- Rascals, uh, I want to say the name was like Adam Nimoy or something like that. Yeah, that's his son. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, there you go. Good for him. Hey. Uh, well, if you would like to agree or disagree with our opinions on this, you can go to the post about this episode. It's up at trekaboutshow.com. You can also follow us on Twitter for all of our updates at trekaboutshow. Like us on Facebook at trekaboutshow. Or, finally, leave us a review on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Very much. We read everything. We do. Next Eric week, usually texts me. He's like, somebody gave us a review. And he'll like, send me like, and I'll be like, all right, how do you find it? Because I don't know how to find these things. Uh, it's not that hard. It's not that hard, audience. You can do it. If you I can, can do, do it, it, you can do That's it. That's right. If Richard can do it, you certainly can do it. And then we're like, wow, that guy said like, oh, I love your show. I listen to it every week when I am like going to work. And we'll be like, I hope that guy is a great commute. Next week, we are talking about the quality of life. Which and, is very poor lately. <laughs> and Chain of Command. Which is the chain that I'm going to beat the people who wrote this show. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>